being a Native American woman, I want Native American women to be seen. Being a woman with disabilities, I want people with disabilities to be seen. Um, being in a wheelchair, I want people in wheelchairs to be seen. And I have all of these things that I have going for me that I can expand on and I can put out to the entire world. Um, Miss Wheelchair USA gives me the confidence to know that I have a crown on my head and I can use that crown to open doors. From UW Tacoma, this is Pod Defiance. Welcome to Pod Defiance, where we don't lecture, but we do educate. I'm Eric Wilson-Edge. Today on the pod, a conversation with UW Tacoma alumna, Erica Myron. Myron was recently crowned Miss Wheelchair USA. She'll talk about her life and pageants, as well as why she competes. Myron will also discuss her plans as Miss Wheelchair USA, which includes advocating for accessible playgrounds and encouraging people to paint their mental health. Erica Myron, welcome to Pod Defiance. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is uh, good to see you again. The last time we talked was a little over a year ago. Um, and we have something new and exciting to talk about. You are the new Miss Wheelchair USA. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, so this is a part of your life that I didn't I didn't know about. So I wanted to talk about that to, to start off. Um, so how long have you been doing pageants? And um, what's got you interested in, in being involved? Uh, my very first pageant was in the 90s, um, and it was a tribal royalty pageant. Um, I didn't win, but that was where I first started. I started Miss Wheelchair USA in 2009. That was my very first pageant. And I, I think I came in second or third runner up. And then I came back the next year and did this, you know, place the same. And then I came back again in 2016 and I still didn't win, but I came back in 2021 and now here we are. So, <laughs> but I did pageants because when you're on stage, you get to show the world who you are and they get to take away a little bit of your personality. And when you connect with people in the audience who share the same values as you do, it's really empowering and it's encouraging and you just feel like you can do anything. And so that's why I do it, to make a change. You said something interesting. So it sounds like you've been doing pageants sort of off and on uh, for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, and I've never heard someone say this before, that when you're up on stage, uh, you get to be who you are. So um, who are you? How would you describe yourself? Or maybe you were asked that question in a pageant. I I actually prepared those for the pageant and I wasn't asked those questions. So it's kind of fun to answer them now. But um, I'm I'm just me. I'm the most Erica that I could ever be. I like to make people laugh. I like to make people smile. Um, when people are feeling down or hurt or angry or tired, um, I'm there to listen because that's what I feel like good leaders do. They sit there, they sit down and they listen to your problems and they help you work through them. They don't necessarily say, Hey, this is how you're going to solve it. They say, Hey, I can hear you. I hear you're having a problem. What can I do to help you? And that's who I want to be. So you are, does it, are you the Miss Wheelchair USA for a full year? How does this work? Like what, what are your responsibilities? 
how long are do you have the crown for? Yes, I am Miss Wheelchair USA from July 2021 to July 2022. And I can go to colleges, I can tour the country, I can be invited to give speeches, um, I can look for sponsors. With Miss Wheelchair USA, um, you're pretty much able to make your own schedule, but it goes through Lowry, which I don't mind because I would rather have her deal with the business side of things than try and work through it myself. She's, uh, I'm looking forward to working with her for the next year and getting some stuff done. And I want to grow this organization. Um, I feel like it's my job as a wheelchair USA to find the next contestant. So I'm coming for you. <laughs> so for folks who don't know, Lowry is, is she your agent or is she a pageant representative? Lowry is the CEO of Miss Wheelchair USA. Um, so let's talk about the organization itself. What is Miss Wheelchair USA? What What are some of the pillars that it stands for? Miss Wheelchair USA um, is about promoting self glamour in women with disabilities, um, self confidence, and being dedicated to a platform that you want to uh, put out through the United States. But the tenets of Miss Wheelchair USA are accessible playgrounds um, throughout the United States um, in uh, representation in the media. So like being a Native American woman, I want Native American women to be seen. Being a woman with disabilities, I want people with disabilities to be seen. Um, Being in a wheelchair, I want people in wheelchairs to be seen. And I have all of these things that I have going for me that I can expand on and I can put out to the entire world. Um, Miss Wheelchair USA gives me the confidence to know that I have a crown on my head and I can use that crown to open doors and to do things like I plan on contacting an airline and I plan on partnering with an airline to get tickets for future contestants who can't afford it. Like myself, it was very, very, very expensive to go this year. And I want to ease that burden for future contestants because I know what it feels like to want something and not be able to do it. So it sounds like um, you'll spend this year sort of advocating for different things, um, whether it's, you said, accessible playgrounds. And it sounds like a a thing that's personal that matters a lot to you is making it, um, finding some ways to make uh, pageants, in particular Miss Wheelchair USA, more affordable for folks who maybe are interested in doing it. Yeah, for the contestants who are, for, because um, Miss Wheelchair USA is held in Ohio. And so when you're coming from the opposite side of the country, the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington, Hawaii, or even Alaska, it's going to be very expensive to get airfare, airfare to Ohio. And I want to try and ease that burden because nobody wants to pay rent four times in one month. So you have been doing pageants for a long time, uh, and I don't know much about the pageant life, but so how do you prepare, I'm curious to know, prepare for a pageant, like leading up to the event and then the actual day of, what's that like? I just, I imagine just sort of a managed chaos. (laughs) Well, in the past it was, um, for a lot of contestants it is. Um, For me this year, I actually... I wrote my, I, I had a full year of Miss Wheelchair Washington USA 2021. So I had a full year to put my platform together, to rehearse my speech, 
I think I wrote my final speech maybe six months before the pageant. And every single day for like three months, I gave my speech to myself in the camera or in the mirror or even just driving in my car. And I knew that I went into the pageant knowing my information so well. I didn't rehearse my speech word for word. I kind of just knew what I wanted to talk about. And I wanted to talk about art, you know, painting your mental health with art. Yeah, I wanted to promote my platform, paint your mental health with art, because I feel like art can bring people out of trauma. Art can save people from depression. And if you just sit down and you doodle and you don't even really have to be an artist, you just have to sit down and put a pen to paper and just draw it out. And you would be surprised at what your hands can do. You'll discover hidden talents that you never knew you had, just like I did. So, yeah. I rehearsed my speech. I didn't I didn't rehearse it word for word. I kind of just knew what I wanted to talk about. And I took aspects from my life and I interwove those into the into the speech because every single year that I've gotten on stage, I've forgotten my speech because I get inside my head and I say, oh, I forgot that word. They're going to know. But they don't. They really don't. And as long as you keep talking about what's important to you, you're going to win. So I just kept talking. That was the word of the day during the pageant. Just keep talking. And um, I, a lot of people think that you need a lot of money to win pageants, that you need to buy outfits and that you need to change all the time and you need to have this really expensive formal dress. Well, for me, I had a dressmaker that I was working with. Um, and then all of a sudden I didn't hear from that person anymore. So I took the situation into my own hands. I picked up my best friend. We went to Tacoma. We got a dress for 75 bucks and I tailored it to fit my body. I cut it down. I made it into two pieces and I had seven days before the pad before we left to the pageant and it looked amazing and I won. So, I mean, you just, if you think, if you really do think outside the lines of coming across the problem and you think about a different way to get out of it, it'll turn out even better than you thought. So um, in the competition itself, what are you evaluated on? What are, what are some of the criteria? Um, I don't actually know what the judges are scoring, but I know that public speaking and giving my platform speech and my marketing statement were two of the biggest scores that I had. Also being able to communicate with people and express my thoughts without saying so many ums and ands and likes. I believe you do, I think you sculpt or some sort of art like that is, I'm curious just to talk a little bit more about why that was your, your platform, arts and mental health. Why did you go that route? Why I chose Paint Your Mental Health with Art as my platform? Yeah, just the, the importance of art in your own life, I guess. Um, well, it started with my kid. One day he was coloring and he, you know, you have a little kid who's in first or second grade. And they have those missing teeth and the peanut butter on the side of their thing. And they look up at you and they hand you something and you're like, oh, okay, I'll do it. So he gave me a crayon and he was coloring at the table and I, I just scribbled down, jotted some stuff. And then the next day I was like, oh, you know, that was pretty fun. I want to try something else. So I, uh, one of my favorite books is Alice in Wonderland. And I found a picture of the Mad Hatter. And I drew the Mad Hatter and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really good at this. So then I went to Scottsdale Community College and I signed up for art classes. 
And I was really amazed at by what I didn't know that I could do. And the way it made me feel after all of these paintings were done was amazing. And if I could feel that good after painting, anybody could feel this good after painting. So I went to a couple of um, painting, you know, what are they called? Wine and sips or something. I don't drink, but I took my son there and we ordered a pizza and we had sodas and we painted baby Yodas and we painted uh, BB-8 and it was just a fun bonding time with him and it made him feel really good. And the way he walked out of that studio with his shoulders high and he was holding his painting, like it was the greatest thing that he had ever done. And I want other people to experience that feeling as well. So art can make you feel good. If you're feeling bad, if you're feeling depressed or tired or lonely, um, just put paint on canvas and just push it around. Nobody has to see it. Just, just do it for yourself. That's what art can do for people. Let's switch gears for just a second. Um, so you are a UWT alumna. You graduated, I think, in June of 2020 or, yeah, some, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Um, so what's next for you in terms of education? I know that when we talked last, you are pl- you were planning to become a, to work towards becoming a professor of American Indian literature. Yeah. So while at UW, I took a couple, I took almost every class I could with Danica Miller because she's amazing and I love her. She's amazing. And she's been my inspiration because I want to be like her. I want to do what she does. I want to impact one student the way that she impacted me. And I think it would open a lot of doors for a lot of people, especially if they see a native woman like myself who uses a wheelchair getting out and living life and doing things. Um, But it it was because of Danica that I want to become an Indigenous Studies professor. I actually, we're moving to Arizona in, after our lease is over here. So like at the end of the year, we're going to move to Arizona. And I actually did have a plan. So I wanted to go to community college and get a degree. And then I wanted to get my bachelor's from the University of Washington And then I wanted to get my master's from Arizona State University. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get my PhD from the University of Washington because I just want one of those purple velvet hats that says I'm a doctor and it has to be purple. It has to be purple. And that's when I'm going to get it at UW. So I still plan on becoming an Indigenous Studies professor. Maybe when things calm down with the pageant and my schedule becomes a little more lax. Um, I would pick up another class or two, but I actually plan on going back after my year is over. That's awesome. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk to uh, talk a little bit about why um, uh, Dr. Miller uh, was such an inspiration to you. She was an inspiration to me because she taught me things about my own heritage that I didn't know. I grew up in the city. Um, So I didn't really know a lot about Native Americans. Um, I didn't really know a lot about the specific tribes and the differences between the tribes. But having her teach me from her perspective helped me to learn that I can open the educational door and I can go research these things myself. And I actually did. I joined my um, tribal Yavapai classes. I looked up some stuff online. I learned the history of my people. I actually 
in that research learned that there's a university in Illinois where one of my uh, ancestors went to called Wasaja Hall at the University of Illinois. And so it's my goal to go there and take a picture and just make my people proud. But it's because of her that I became proud to be an indigenous woman. I, I became proud to take up space. I became proud to use my voice. And she allowed me a classroom to do that. And I appreciate it. I, I don't know if I could ever say thank you enough to her. I know that you've had some pretty hard moments in your life. Like yeah. some of the hardest moments in my years of working and talking to people that I've probably ever heard. Um, so I'm wondering, and yet you're, you're, you're doing so well. I mean, you're, you're it's just crazy the level of success you're having. So I'm, I guess I wonder what keeps you going? Like what, what, um, you know, in those hard moments, how do you um, keep going? Um, I like to talk. So when I have a problem, I talk to my husband, I talk to my son, I talk to my dogs who are in the kennel right now because they're in trouble. But um, I also, I'm a big crier and people probably already know that about me. So if I'm having a bad day, like you wake up and the toilet handle breaks off and your hot water goes out and your light bulb burns out and you just want to crawl back into bed and, and cry and just say, you know what, I'm done with the whole day. Let's start over again. I, I actually do cry a little bit like, oh, today is not going to be that day. But then I put on music. I don't know if you were listening when I got on, but I put on music and I just let the emotions go. Put on a sad song and feel sad for yourself for a little bit. Pretend you're in that music video from the 90s that's blue and, you know, and then just play a happy song, a song that makes you feel good, like Walking on Sunshine or BTS or Blackpink, something with a beat and start moving around. And then when the door handle breaks or the light bulb or your key breaks off, it's not such a big deal. And so I've taken that to the bigger things in life. Like, oh, somebody's staring at me. Oh, well, maybe they're not looking at me. Maybe they're looking at somebody behind me. Maybe they're looking at my shirt. Maybe they're looking at my crown. Maybe they like the way I smile. I have no idea why they're staring at me, but I don't need to let it get in my head that it's something bad. Because if I start thinking about it, it's going to make me be like, oh, well, I have to be on the lookout for everybody because everybody's out to get me. But everybody's not out to get me. And life is is pretty much what you make. You are the artist of your life. You create the life that you want. And I want to create happiness. And I, I want to take these struggles that I've had. And I want to show people that there's a, that you can have good come out of it. Yeah, I was shot and I was left for dead, but I didn't let that hold me back. It did for a while. But now that I've gotten past that, what am I going to do with my life? I'm not going to be the person who just said, oh, I was shot for me, for me. I'm going to say, oh, I was shot. I feel bad about myself, but what can I do to make myself better? What can I do to make myself happy? What can I do to live? And that's what I'm doing. I'm living. I'm not dead. This wheelchair is not a death sentence. This wheelchair is enables me to get off the bed and go. If I didn't have my chair, I would be stuck on the couch. I would be stuck on the floor. Now would be sad, but it's not. I have a chair. I can go. Wheels, wheels are around for a reason. So keep that in mind. <laughs> and if there's a young person listening who's just 
you know, maybe they're in a wheelchair and maybe that's a new thing. Maybe something happened and they're sort of struggling. Like how, you know, I'm curious about the insights you have from your lived experience, what, what you would say to that person. When I first started community college at Pierce College, I was 35. I was in a wheelchair. I was, I sat, I found the one seat in the classroom that was in the very, very corner where I could see everybody and everybody could pretty much ignore me because I was in the corner. But um, I was scared. And, you know, being an older student, um, especially at a community college where like 90% of the students are running start, it's a little bit weird because you feel kind of old to be there. Like, I don't belong here. Um, but I, I was given an opportunity to apply for student leadership and yeah, I might've been the oldest student leader there, but I didn't act like it. And I think attitude comes into play a lot. Um, I like to pretend that I'm still a teenager and I still act like one and I get myself into trouble a lot with that. But being an older student, being scared to sit in the classroom and having everybody stare at me. It was terrifying. Like after my first class, I didn't want to be there anymore. I thought about going home and just staying home because there were so many running start students, but I stuck it out and I connected with professors that were my age. I connected with other students that were my age and I just started talking to people because if you talk to these young kids, you get to know them pretty well and they're not as scary because they're just as scared of you as you are of them. So, and they really don't know how to talk to people. So. But um, being an older student, being scared to be in college, being afraid of being seen um, was a big deal. And I came out of that by just letting people know me like I, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. And when I see a student who's sitting there ready to take a test, who's nervous as heck and can't get their their brain straight, if you just talk to them for a few minutes and you say, hey, what's bothering you? or what's going on, or how can I help you, then it eases them a little bit, and they can go in taking that test, feeling a little bit better about themselves, and that's kind of what I want to do, um, but the struggle for me was being an older student, being in a wheelchair, having people look at me, um, rolling down the hallway, and hearing people whisper about somebody being in a wheelchair was a little scary, I wasn't the only wheelchair student, but I felt like it. And having my student leadership team um, stand behind me kind of gave me the encouragement and the empowerment to be seen in the classroom, to stand up and to say, hey, we're hiring next year. Hey, this event is coming out on Friday. We would like you to be there. Or, hey, we're having, you know, student life events down in the common area. You should come down and join us. And I think um, just just doing it, just trying it, even though I'm scared, um, just going for it, just putting it all, you know, the only thing people always say, the worst thing somebody can say is no. I think the worst thing that you can do is not join, is not try it and have that regret. I think regret is the worst thing ever. You're kind of something of a celebrity now in that you're in People Magazine, which is which is amazing. Congratulations on that, too. Um, so I wonder if you could talk about that. Like, it seems there is a certain amount of notoriety that comes with 
being Miss Wheelchair USA? Well, um, doing the people interview was pretty amazing. And having people send me screenshots of myself on Facebook is a little bit weird. But I like it because, you know, they see me. And family from all over the country are sending me messages. And it's been pretty fun. It's been interesting meeting new people. I'm excited to meet even more people. It sounded like I said eat. I said meet. It sounded, it's, it's, it's really exciting to get to meet more people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to meet new people and to work with these big companies and just see what happens at the end of the year. I'm pretty excited to, to go back to Miss Wheelchair USA and get on stage and just be like, it was such an amazing year. We did all these great things and you know, now we're sponsored by a so-and-so airline. I would, I would like that to happen. Thank you to our guests and thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.